Something we've, uh, Kirsten, Catherine and I, become aware of just the last day or two is there may, for some of you, have been a little uh, confusion around the name and the description of the retreat. It was slightly different in different places and I'm aware that some of you may have come for the week believing we would be primarily practicing loving-kindness meditation, insight meditation. I think the description says that it's an insight meditation retreat, but its title says loving-kindness and insight meditation. And so we will be practicing loving-kindness meditation on this retreat, but the uh, primary orientation has been uh, set up as an insight retreat. And with that, you're very welcome, if you wish to be, and are familiar with the practice of metta, to be including it as fully as you wish. And that includes those of you who've been following this practice over the weekend, if you'd like to continue to to carry that practice with you in quite a full way, you're very welcome. Though the primary orientation of the instructions in the morning will be with the, the insight practice. And with this, what I'd like to distinguish here is the, the forms of the practice we use and the qualities that we cultivate. Because the qualities of insight and loving-kindness are not inherent in only one form or the other of practice. That in fact, in the practice we're doing, as we've said, in the what we call insight practice, there is a very significant and essential element of, of friendliness, of kindliness, of metta, that we bring and infuse in to the way we are mindful, the way we are attentive, the way we are present. And likewise in the formal loving-kindness or metta meditation where we're using the phrases in that form, there still also needs to be a degree of presence and also wisdom to not get entangled with either distractedness or over-striving to produce a result. So there needs to be elements of both of those qualities present no matter what we're practicing. And in that way, we don't hold them as separate in terms of qualities. Although the practices we might engage in may emphasize one element or another as a primary orientation, it does not mean in any way that the other orientation isn't present with it. Does that make sense? Please let me know if I've just confused you even more. And I'll endeavour to undo that, but of course that would be a bit risky, wouldn't it? Sort of like <laughs> digging one's own hole. But um. okay, so I hope that's relatively clear for you. It's basically to have the permission to do loving kindness meditation if you want to. Do yeah, it. you have permission to do metta as and when you wish, as Kirsten is saying. Thank you. In a few less words. <laughs> But less subtleties. <laughs> and so one of the fundamental elements of what we encounter in meditation practice is that things aren't always as we expect them to be, as we wish them to be, as we carefully planned and organised for them to be. They're how they are. And this includes our experience of body and mind 
It's not always as we hoped or wished it would be. We encounter this again and again as we bring our attention into contact with the truth of our experience right here. As we allow ourselves to more and more deeply and fully settle into this experience, just as it is, we equally notice at times the urge, the wish, the hope, the prayer that it be somehow different. And funnily, and perhaps sadly, but not surprisingly, those hopes, wishes and prayers don't necessarily change it. So becoming aware if there's any way in which we are resisting, holding back from, or putting pressure on what's happening to make it different than it is. To see if we can meet our life. Right here, as it presents itself, as it is. When we put pressure on our experience to be other than as it is, because it can't be, we end up experiencing that pressure upon ourselves to be other than as we are. And that is painful. It's dukkha, we say, suffering. So in liberating the world and our experience from the pressure of demands, we equally liberate ourselves. And although the word may sound rather sort of grand or perhaps something we don't always relate to in terms of what we imagine as possible, there is a very immediate accessibility to a liberating potential here that has a vast scope and depth of where it can go. But in the very moment that we notice where we are, allowing ourselves to be there fully, there's a relief and a release that we can start to notice in that. And equally there's a relief and a release in just giving ourselves permission to keep it simple. To not have to resolve the things of the future that we cannot resolve right here. To really let go of what has not yet come. Equally as we learn to let go of what has gone and is no longer with us. To let be what is here, however it shows up, to let it be. So this attitude really informs the way we give our attention, the way we invite ourselves to inhabit more and more fully each moment. And today in the meditation, continuing to give the fullness of your attention to the experience of your body breathing, the sense 
of what it's like for you. As this organic, dynamic aliveness shows itself in the experience of breathing in. In the experience of breathing out. Your attention can be soft and yet clear and firm in the sense of intentionality. Bringing ourselves fully into the body, breathing, just as it does. However the breath is, letting that be okay. with a spaciousness that allows whatever experience may arise to arise. And yet a wisdom that knows we do not need to pursue or reject any of the experiences that pass through this open space of body, heart and mind. that we can simply acknowledge what is here or that we have become for some time unconscious as we do and in the acknowledging beginning again right in that moment If particularly strong or difficult sensations arise in the body that we call pain, it can be useful to just give a little gentle and caring attention to that experience. To notice how when we call it pain, we inevitably or most often find we react with fear or resistance, aversion. But we could just stop and notice the simple sensations, maybe hot, maybe sharp, maybe pounding, or piercing. Noticing if they're unpleasant, that while we might want them to go away, we can also make space for them, to not contract around or in relationship to that which is uncomfortable or painful, unpleasant to us, to give it space, to notice that it changes and moves as all experience does. To have permission if one needs to change one's posture, to do so mindfully, consciously, fully inhabiting the experience of the movement, not regarding it as a somehow a failure or a, an ending of the meditation, but simply an expression of wise and compassionate response. If we find with some area of d- 
discomfort or pain that we're contracting, gritting our teeth, feeling like we're really in a battle with it. If it's possible to bring some ease or release, that's very okay to do. But at the same time, being aware of the possibility of reacting to every single sensation that's not entirely comfortable by trying to adjust our way out of it. And to see that if we do this, we will be constantly moving away and never coming to rest. So we find a balance between permission to take care of our need and our body and at the same time a certain courage and wholeheartedness of willingness to see what's possible for us here. With physical pain can be useful to feel the outbreath. We breathe out, feeling that softening, relaxing, opening quality into the area where the pain or discomfort or strong sensations are arising. Not to make it go away or get rid of it, but just to allow the, the life energy of the breath to be felt there as a support. can also be at times that strong patterns of emotion, feeling life, arise. And they can also be painful and hard for us to meet. For now, not needing to go into or work on these experiences particularly, but giving them space. Not making them into a problem, nor yet looking for them somehow to provide something for us to work on here. And sometimes if the emotional life is strong and sometimes we know what's going on, sometimes we don't. Just bringing the attention back into the body and noticing what that feels like for a few moments that this emotion or busy thinking pattern is here. And then bringing your attention back to the breath. So you do not have to avoid nor focus on strong experiences that arise. You can just touch them gently and then back off. And so this quality of kindliness, of care, of friendliness is something we bring into our attending. Breath by breath, moment by moment.
when you hear the sound of the bell. Simply listening to that experience, staying fully present with that sound until it fades into the silence and letting that silence after the sound be the point at which the formal sitting is ended. So not moving or stretching too quickly. But including this ending, transition, as part of your meditation practice. So continuing this morning to land where we are, moving from the sitting to the walking, continuing to connect with what's happening, letting the body be the primary frame of reference, the simple and direct experience of moving, standing, walking back and forth. See if you can give yourself to it wholeheartedly. And just as we ask that you come at the beginning of the sitting and stay until the end, you know, barring of course some you know, emergency, likewise in the walking, see what it's like to begin at the beginning and sustain the walking practice through till the end. Something really 
powerful happens and we don't break the meditation up into too many pieces. Just think of it as an ongoing flow of opportunity to be awake, to bring a kindly and interested attention to what's here, to what is now, to this, this aliveness that we are expressing itself as it does in the walking. Kind of looks a bit grey and dreary out there, perhaps, if one looks at it from the outside. And there might be some vague thoughts of, but just a moment, isn't this July, summer? Surely it can't go on like this. But the reality is that actually it can. (laughs) Because it is. So what can we do? Fortunately, it's not actually that cold out there. And so please don't be deterred from enjoying the, uh, the freshness of the outdoors for your walking practice. I actually got quite hot out there a couple of times yesterday. Because one looks at it and thinks, I'll need a coat and a jacket, but actually, maybe not. So please continue with your walking practice. And in that, just finding a balance between simply walking back and forth, not going anywhere, and including a little bit of standing if you find it useful. So we did some standing together yesterday afternoon. Well, I wasn't there, but you did some standing. And sometimes it's useful just if we feel ourselves busy, distracted, or not quite landing, give a little more time to the standing. Or maybe stand for a few moments at the end of each length of your path, if you wish, before you turn around, or once you've turned around. So there's a sense of grounding, steadying, and as Kirsten said yesterday, no need to go slowly, but equally no need to go fast. We don't get more points for being the slowest yogi on the retreat, nor do we get a prize for going back and forth more times than anybody else. (laughs) That whole mind of kind of how to do it right or better tends to show up here in meditation. It's not unusual for us. So far as we can let go of evaluating how we're doing, or whether we're getting it right, and just see what are we experiencing? Maybe what are we discovering here? Even if what we're discovering is that sometimes walking back and forth is boring. Other times walking back and forth might be interesting. Certainly if you find it hard to connect with your feet, to feel the sensitivity of contacting the earth, you might like to try, even in the conditions of the time, walking bare feet. It's very interesting how shoes and sandals and things are basically designed so we don't have to pay attention to our feet. So we can walk along on whatever things at whatever speed and we won't be impacted by the sensitivity of the soles of our feet, which are very delicate, sensitive organs. So when we take those wrappings off them, and it's good to try and avoid getting cold and don't, you know, it doesn't mean you have to walk on thistles to get some sensitivity, but just to see what it's like. It's a whole world of activity going on in the sole of our feet. And we haven't wrapped it up in a sort of cocoon of leather. I'm not saying you have to do that. But if you'd like to explore it or if you're wondering, you know, what's going on down there? I haven't quite made it that far down yet. You know, you could try it out and see what happens, even just for a few minutes if you wish. <laughs> 